There's a term that gets thrown around a lot lately, and usually it's being used incorrectly, and we need to talk about it. That term is gaslighting. Now, it's used a lot in the dating world. Every woman who's single seems to have dated only toxic, narcissistic gaslighters, when really probably none of those people were toxic or narcissistic, narcissistic or gaslighting. Um, the term is used a lot on television and by pundits to talk about what people on the other side are doing. They are always telling us that we're being gaslit or gaslighted. Here's where the term comes from. So there's a play that was written in 1938, and it was turned into a movie in 1944 starring Ingrid Bergman. I believe she won an Academy Award for Best Actress. Um, in the movie, she and her husband move into her, I believe, her aunt's home, who's deceased. And the husband proceeds to do all of these crazy things to make her think she's crazy. So he moves things around. He removes paintings and artwork from the walls. And he makes the gas lamps go down, even though it appears that no one is touching them. So she thinks she's losing her mind when really he's playing all these head games with her. And the intention was to make her go nuts so that he could put her in a facility, put her in the asylum, and then he could search the home for this stash of jewelry that he believed was there. So the term gaslighting means manipulating someone and lying to them in such a way as to make them think they are crazy, to make them question their own sanity. This is a very, very important distinction from just lying because everybody lies and we lie for a variety of reasons, right? We lie because we're embarrassed. We lie to avoid getting in trouble. We lie to save face. We lie because we think it will um, move some sort of cause forward that's more important than the truth about the thing that we're being, you know, challenged about. So people lie for a variety of reasons. And celebrities and politicians, they lie for all the same reasons that you and I lie in our own personal relationships or at work or wherever. Everybody tells little lies and big lies. And we do we do it for, you know, mostly the same reasons um, as as the higher ups, the higher ups do as the, they're not higher up. But, you know, people with platforms do. But most of us are not terrible people, and we don't like to gaslight others. We want to avoid a negative consequence, but we don't necessarily want to make the other person think they're nuts. We don't want to hurt them. We don't want to make them feel bad. We just want to get out of the situation that we're in. So when people in the media and people in politics lie to us, they do it for a variety of reasons. But when they gaslight us, they have different motivations and different intentions. And it is important that we understand the difference. So let me give you an example from like a relationship point of view. So let's say that there's a guy and a girl and I'm going to make the guy the cheater. Let's say that the guy is cheating on the girl and she finds text messages or she finds pictures in his phone from other women or he comes home late or he um, or he like maybe she wakes up in the middle of the night and he's not in the bed and she challenges him on it or he comes home late or whatever it is. So in most situations, the cheater is going to lie to salvage the relationship, to avoid consequences, to not have a fight, whatever. Gaslighting, though, like he's going to deflect, right? He's going to deflect or he's going to make excuses. But if he's going to gaslight her, he's going to maybe do things like, for example, he might say, um, 
you're only challenging me on this because your dad cheated on your mom and you have all of these emotional wounds and you're projecting all of that onto me and you're really the one who needs to go to go to see a therapist and get some help because you're the one who's nuts and so you're projecting that onto me that is totally different than just saying no i didn't do it no i didn't do it no i didn't do it you're misinterpreting this when there's another level of actually trying to get the other person to question what they see with their own eyes and you're trying to subordinate them and you're trying to weaken them you're trying to manipulate them to i mean to hurt them not just to avoid negative consequences but to literally put that other person in a different state of mind where they are weakened that's gaslighting another way it could be done is um is perhaps you know i could see this happening at work or in a family or in a social circle where let's say you behave in a way that is not particularly becoming um whatever it is you 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 start started a fight with someone or you got drunk at a company party or whatever it is and a person comes to you on it and says everybody's saying this and so your like your perception of what's going on is altered by the fact that this lie is telling you that that you you're the only one who doesn't see it. You've got problems in the head. You really need to seek help. You have a sanity issue. Like your perspective on the world is messed up. That's gaslighting to make you question your own sanity. So when a politician or a celebrity or someone on a news show or whoever tells a lie, you have to question, you know, sometimes we catch it, sometimes we don't, because we don't have access to all the information all the time. But if we catch someone gaslighting, it really means that their intentions are different than just telling a lie. So a good example of this would be, let's say, um, let's let's say that a, a poli let's say that um a media person challenges joe biden on his um on on his competency on the fact that he's getting old and he says well that's just well i'm i'm doing just fine that's just a lie or did you have any kind of interactions with your with your son hunter about you know his business dealings did you benefit financially no i never did Okay, that's just a lie. That's not gaslighting. It's just a lie. Or did you have any interactions um, in business with your son? And he says, what about Trump? Trump's kids, you know, we're dealing with whatever, Russia and China and making all this money. That's deflection. That's, that's not gaslighting. It's just it's deflection. So there are lots of ways to not tell the truth but not be gaslighting. An example of gaslighting would be where this just happened a few days ago, where a media person asked Joe Biden, she said, um, she said, polls are showing that the American people question your competency and your ability to serve because of your age. What do you have to say to make people feel more comfortable? And he says, the polls show the opposite. The polls show that I'm doing great and everyone says I'm doing great. And basically you're terrible for asking that. That is an example where we're starting to get into gaslighting because he's pulling from other sources to say that the question is, is fundamentally flawed. Uh, that the similar thing happened uh, two days earlier where someone said most Amer the majority of Americans 
have concerns about the economy and about their own personal finances and what do you have to say to make them feel better and he says that's not what the polls show and then he goes on to say that the economy is doing great and it's really just we just haven't explained it well enough it's something that um career uh, jean pierre says all the time too we just haven't really explained it to people well enough so who are you going to believe them or your lying eyes so you go and buy food or gas and you don't have enough money to pay for everything you need to pay for and People in power are saying, yes, you do. Actually, things are doing better. You're just not noticing it. That's not just a lie. That's an example of gaslighting. So who do you believe, them or your bank account? They want you to believe them. And the reason why this matters so much is because, well, actually, before I, before I go there, one of the biggest examples of gaslighting had to do uh, with, you know, with the worldwide, I don't want to get, I don't want to get spanked by YouTube before I've barely even gotten any traction. So I'm going to talk really carefully here. But during the time when we were suffering a worldwide health crisis, if you know what I mean, and there was this, there was this drug that started with the letter I and people were taking it and it's something that had been around for many, many years and has literally billions of doses has, have been given for different um, conditions like malaria and, and people started taking it to help with the current, you know, the 19 or the 2020 health situation. And there was a unified message that that was horse dewormer. That was for animals, that that was not for people. And that if you were taking it, you were crazy. If you were taking it, you were listening to crazy people. That's an example of gaslighting. Also around during that time, anyone who listened to any doctor who was outside the mainstream approved narrative. So let's say that you went down a rabbit hole on YouTube and you ran into Jay Bhattacharya or Dr. Peter McCullough or Dr. Robert Malone or any one of 20 other, you know, the Zelensky, I think was his name or Zelenko or any of the other doctors who were speaking against the narrative, the approved narrative, what was said? Well, you do your research on YouTube. Okay, that's ridiculous, but it made a lot of people question themselves. During that time, I had a few friends who I would call on a semi-regular basis and say, I'm feeling overwhelmed by the idea that I can't find any support for what it is I'm seeing with my own eyes, for the research that I'm doing with my own brain, for the numbers that I'm looking at myself on the WHO website, non-statista, and from the, you know, from the Department of Health. Everyone's saying the opposite of what I can see with my own eyes. I'm not crazy, right? We're not crazy, right? I can't tell you how often I would call a couple of friends and ask, we're not crazy, right? That tells me that gaslighting was happening. My dogs approve. <laughs> they agree. It's important that we understand the difference between just being lied to and being gaslit. And let me explain to you why. If someone can make you feel that you're crazy, then you're not going to question them very much. You're going to feel weak. You're not going to seek support. You're definitely not going to try to persuade people to see things your way. You're not going to do further research. You're going to start to question everything you see, and you're going to start to substitute other people's ideas and opinions and their facts for your own conclusions. That is the ultimate goal of a unified media. If a unified media 
can send one message forward and make you think to yourself, well, everyone's saying it. So if I don't see it, I must be nuts. If they can accomplish that, that's the end game because then you become completely weak and like a sponge. And then you will take in anything they say. You'll absorb anything they say. And that's what they ultimately want. They can control the outcome if they can control what's happening in your mind. Not just go tit for tat, truth, lie, truth, lie. No, no, no. That is no good because that game goes on forever like a game of tennis. No. They need to make you stop questioning. And that's why it's so important for them to gaslight you. And this is why it's important for you to know when it's happening to you. A little bit of very rudimentary, because I'm just, a, I'm a rudimentary person with a rudimentary understanding of brain science, but you can Google this very easily and make sure that what I'm explaining is right. But the reason why we need to know that this is happening is because every thought we have has a neural pathway. So neural pathways are any connection in our mind of, of every thought that we have, of every behavior that we have. When we first have a thought, it's a very, very weak pathway. But when we have that thought over and over and over again, it's sort of like water finding a way down a rock. So at first, it's not really, it's, it's nothing. It's just the easiest pathway, but it becomes a groove over time, right? And so this is why if you grew up with an abusive parent who said, you're so stupid, you're so stupid, you're worthless, you're good for nothing, you're so stupid, and they said it to you all the time, you're so ugly, you'll never find anyone, No one, or you're with a partner who says, no one else will ever have you but me, you're not good enough for anyone, you're only good, I'm the only one who will accept you. If you listen to it enough times, they actually create that neural pathway for you, and it becomes really difficult to unravel that. Once water has found a, a pathway down the rock and has created a groove, it's really hard to redirect that water to go somewhere else, isn't it? So would this make sense to us when we think about an abusive parent or an abusive partner or any anyone in our life who is abusive, who says something that is not true? We all know people like this too. They say, oh, I'm so stupid. And you think to yourself, you're not stupid at all. Why do you think that? Well, if someone said it to them a hundred thousand times, that is truth to them. That neural pathway is very strong, very, very um, formed and really difficult to break. In fact, neural pathways don't get broken. What happens is you have to create a neural pathway that becomes more dominant over that one. So you stop feeding the one neural pathway and you start feeding another one. Now, when you are just kind of immersed, um, overwhelmed, surrounded by messages that are meant to make you think a certain way, then it becomes really difficult for you to break out of that. One thing that I find kind of curious is that we understand this at a basic level, like the one I just said, where an abusive person says something to another person that is untrue, 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 until that person believes that it is true. Yet, we are so accepting of a message that comes from the media, untrue, 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 untrue. And I think that's because of the peer pressure aspect of it, because of the widespread nature of it, and because we're divided and we have to find people who see things our way. And if we're thoughtful at all, um, we then we're being careful, at least I hope we are, we're being careful not to let any message become so ingrained in us that we can't 
break out of it if we need to. A good example of this is people on the right who became really immersed in Q. Now, if you're a Q follower, don't come at me. I'm just saying this is an example, okay? Um, that if you were listening to the same messages being given to you over and over and over again, like Patriots in control. Okay, Patriots in control. Okay, Patriots weren't in control. They're not in control. But if you heard it over and over and over again, and you surrounded yourself with people who said it all the time, it just became true. Or, or Trump is some kind of savior, right? Trump is playing 4D chess. Trump is playing 4D chess. Trump meant to do that. That Trump knows what he's doing. This is all by design. You hear it over and over and over and over again. And then when evidence to the contrary is presented to you, it's very difficult for you to admit that the neural pathway that you have been feeding and feeding and feeding needs to stop being fed. This is what cognitive dissonance is. And everyone throws that term around as well. But what it really means is that you know something, you know something is true, and then suddenly you're confronted with truth that goes against that other truth, and you have to reconcile. So whoever we let feed our brains on any side, anyone you decide to trust, anyone who you listen to over and over again, they have the ability to help create neural pathways for you. That is a really dangerous thing for all of us. That's why we need to always be listening and judging and weighing and throwing out what doesn't fit. And I don't, uh, gaslighting doesn't apply really to like, you know, to the pundits I'm talking about. That's a slightly separate issue. But what I'm trying to explain, and I hope it makes sense because it, um, there's a connection here, is that the way our brains work and the way neural pathways are formed and the reason why gaslighting is such an effective and really important tactic for someone to use when they're trying to control the way you think and therefore control your actions and thereby control a populace. You need to understand how this is working at a brain level so that you can put some extra effort into being aware when someone is not just telling you a lie, but getting you to question the way your own mind functions and the way your own mind thinks. They want to make you, and really anyone in power, anyone in power would like you to be more subordinate to their positions. So you have to be careful and pay attention. We all have to be careful and be aware when someone is not just telling a lie and trying to get away with it, but telling a lie that is intended to make you question whether you are seeing things properly and whether you can trust your own judgment moving forward. So I think this is very important. It's something that I think we all need to be vigilant about, and I hope that this is useful to you uh, moving forward because we are not even sort of at the end of any kind of crisis. The more technology uh, kind of levels the playing field and um, uh, shrinks the earth and allows more people to have more voices, the more we're going to have to be aware and learn to trust ourselves, but not become so, um, uh, not addicted. What's the word I'm looking for? Not become so committed to what it is we've decided that we are unwilling to listen to new truth and make new decisions as we go along. So with that, have a great day or evening, whenever it is you're watching this and listening to this and thanks for your time.